Welcome to episode 133 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamia. And I'm Hillary Jockerty. Hillary! Hi. Oh, it's been karaoke boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Oh my God, isn't it weird? Because you did so much. I feel like we have so yeah. much to talk well, about. Well, yeah, and we saw each other last night and you're like, I want to ask you about Boston, but yeah. save it for the podcast. <laughs> Even before when you came in, I was like, yeah. this is the episode I'm on, on Sopranos. And then I started to say something. I'm like, wait, let's save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is content for the podcast yes. at this point. Yes. So yeah, I went to Boston with my kids and I brought my mom and it was such a great it trip. It looked amazing. What a city. What the a history, city, right? It's Holy just all shit. history. Yes. It's incredible. And I think we did a great job. I mean, I, well, we, I think I did a great job planning like all the things that we did, but the most popular of course, was we went and did a uh, whale watching. That and looked incredible. I didn't it was even incredible. like, I, I, and that was my daughter's idea. <gasps> She's like, I think we can go whale watching there. And I was like, Oh, and I, I it was fucking incredible. And they take you like, I don't know, an hour out. Oh, and there's really? this thing called, I'm not going to remember the name. It just, it's it basically. Are you on like a big boat? It's small Yeah, boat? it's a pretty big boat. You know, it's like medium size, I guess. I don't know. My cat's going crazy. Sorry. <laughs> She's running around. But um, I guess summertime is the time that they're there. And oh. uh, in the wintertime, they come down to the Caribbean. And uh, I don't know. It was incredible. There, there's basically a, a national park, like a, um, a sanctuary underwater. You know what, what I mean? So like, th there's an area where boats can't drive through it. Oh, that's to amazing. To protect the whales because they were just being destroyed by these Aww. ships that were driving through there. Oh, like so, the manatees down yes, here. Yes, yeah. So they passed a bunch of great laws. What, Matt, what, what a state Massachusetts is, by the way. Yeah, you well. know, our friend Gabriella. I got to see Gabriella <gasps> and have Gabriella. a drink with her. She listens to the podcast and she said she only Aww. listens to the beginning. And I was like, wow, that's Alfredo too. Like, that's the part that people <laughs> who know us really like. Oh, that's um, so funny. Yeah. So she, um, she was telling me they have, I think right now they have a Republican governor and he passes, a, he fights against, uh, you know, pro-lifers. He's for the environment. Like oh. He's pro-LGBTQ, like what? Northern Republican. <laughs> which Can we get more of those then? That's what I said. I said, wow, that sounds like, nice. How do we do that? I wouldn't that? mind a Republican governor who did that. Yeah, instead you of know? the nut job that we have. Yeah. So it was really fun. I got to see my cousin Amy, who just happened to be in town with her son, which was crazy. So I got to see her too. She lives in Michigan. And um, it was just a very interesting dynamic because I had my kids and I had my mother, right? So I was the leader. I'm, this is how I walk through a city <laughs> like this. Like, where are we going? What are we doing? And my kids are like slapping each other and like falling into the street and like fucking goofing around. And my mother's like shuffling behind all of us, you know? I oh mean, she kept up. She Aww. kept up, which was incredible. But like, you know, when you're, I, I, I don't know how the length of time you sit with, I know you spend time with your parents, but like when I see my mom, it's like, oh, we sit and have a cup of coffee at her house for yeah. a couple hours or something Yeah, to be around her for this length of time, um, for days, yeah. I really got to see her, you spend time with her yeah. and it's, you know, our parents are aging Yes, and it's really, really difficult to see. At one point her hands were like shaking. I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, this is just how it is now. And I was oh. like, oh God. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The woman had hip surgery last year. She's oh, shuffling right. through these streets of Boston like wow. a champ. It was incredible. But it was just like, I, she, at one point she's, she's shuffling like this. And I was like, mom, stand, you know, stand up straight. I literally just told my daughter the same thing. So it's like, you know, we're getting into those years where we're like, 
parents oh of our parents. Uh, and it's that's a, a little, weird place it's to be. It's totally fucking weird. It's a weird place but to be. But we did the Freedom Trail, which is where you <gasps> see these like 16 like historic points, like points of history through for our country. And uh, I think they stop it. I think we did like 13 on the on this tour. But I'm like taking notes on my phone so many stories for this podcast <gasps> which i'm gonna do one today oh! yeah i mean so many incredible stories to do Yay! you know what i mean Aww. so that was good here's another thing you know we remember at the end of this the episode last week i said listen we're recording this two weeks early so if something happens oh, yes. we're not going to be able to oh, you know please go understand so two weeks ago i'm like I love the Sopranos. Polly Walnuts is my favorite. What uh, the fuck happens? I know. Tony Sirico. Is that how you say Sirico? Sirico. Tony Sirico, who played Polly Walnuts, dies last I was week. so sad. Like the day before that episode I, came I out. I know. I was so sad. I'm texting you on your oh, trip. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news on your fun vacation, but Polly Walnuts died. And there's like all uh, these cry faces. I, I'm like, no. I was so sad. I don't know why I was so sad about it, but I was. And it was so funny that the episode... Um, because we're sort of almost in the same spot now in Sopranos okay. on my rewatch and your rewatch. Mm -hmm. And in, um, the, the next, I was like, I got to watch it tonight. And the next episode was when he's released from jail. Oh my and he comes gosh. home and he's like, what do you hear? What do you say? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like. <laughs> what about the song? It was just all about, and it was like all about him. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was really kind of fitting wow. that that was like the episode for me. He is an incredible actor in the show. I he's mean. so funny. His death stares. Like, yeah. And I almost, and is the mother on the show his mother? No. Because she doesn't seem like an actress, but they also look alike. And I was yeah. like, maybe this is his real mom. No, no, no. That she's, she's so good. She's incredible at the old folks' home and the women who don't. She oh, get my along God. With that she's one lady. <laughs> be and, nice. Be nice. Yeah, yeah. And there was, I was telling you last <laughs> night that the old the lady at the old folks' home was talking to him about the things the mother. She doesn't put her teeth in. He's like, this is not good. This yeah. is not good. <laughs> and she goes, and she's a tattletale. He was like, what? <laughs> like he fucking doesn't like that at all oh my god it's so good oh and i wrote down a quote today because now um Pio my tony's horse oh god has died and he's sitting there uh, he was telling uh, oh oh furio's father dies in italy and yeah he comes yeah. back and he's crying but really he's crying because he wants to fuck right. carmella yeah and he wants to be with the boss's wife right yes yes but yes. he's crying and he's like oh i'm sad for my father and tony goes well you're gonna have to get over it right yeah <laughs> Next thing, next, very next scene, Tony's in the psychiatrist's office crying like a bitch yeah. about this horse. And I was like, oh my God, he's so funny. What a fucking personality. Anyway, he's all sad about the world and 9-11 has happened, which yeah. they put in the show, right? And so he's, this is a quote he says, it's like some asshole stalking the whole human race. <laughs> I fucking love that. I fucking died. I oh died. Oh my God. Because when you're like a sad and depressed person, like everything is sad. Yeah. All, you look at all of these the world's problems and you're like, maybe somebody's just has it out for us. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it is lately in our world. You know, yeah. like it's just like nothing. In the political where are the, world. Yeah, yeah, like where are the good things? Tell me some good things. Well, and he's just, I don't know. I mean, little kids, animals, but like yes. he does, has no sympathy for Furio. Like yeah. he's just. And she tries to, the, the psychiatrist is like, he is a horse. And he's like, she goes, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> oh my God. It's so fucking good. Pie oh my. Oh my um, God. 
What else was I going to tell you? Oh, so, I mean, speaking of good in the world, Lil Muck came out, which oh was my amazing. God. Lil Muck came out last Friday and people loved it. Someone sent me a message and they're like, I'm now a huge fan of Lauren Book. And I'm like, I fucking love this. She's so incredible. She's, I'm like, so, I was so authenticity for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Such and, a great uh, episode. Yeah. I thought it was a great episode. I'm, you know, I, when I edit it though, the, the audio, I start to get a little twingy, like when something, cause it was through zoom oh that's right so the little bit of like like you hear the the vocal the audio yeah. come through clear and i'm like oh god like it only happened a, a few times but it's enough for me to like i hate it i hate that Ugh. but what are you gonna do what are you gonna do <laughs> that's what they when when tony's mother died every time oh, i'm so sorry what are you gonna do what are you gonna do what are you gonna do <laughs> you know what i mean oh my god it's so good tina so and what good. Uh, well we did um karaoke we went to karaoke last night hi Hello. so i uh, on thursday i sent oh uh, a tweet to our friends at beard al and infectious groove who go to karaoke every friday and i live for it i look at those yes. videos i'm every friday night i'm like let's see what lauren and russ has done tonight and i was like i sent them a, te- a tweet and i was like we're doing karaoke so like we're watching you. We're going to put some videos up. And Tina, I, I said, I, t- I sent you a voice message. I said, I just started a karaoke war with Beard Allen Infectious Group podcast. I said, so you better bring it tomorrow, bitch. <laughs> it was fun. And we you did. did. We, and you did. We did 90s. Oh, it was all, only 90 songs you were allowed to choose. Yeah. So good. But most people in the bar were doing 90 songs. Yeah. I think they were, well, we are trendsetters, basically, yeah. is how that goes. And you did, oh, Tina, this song is. To me, Blind Melon, No Rain is so teen. <laughs> you know, like the whole thing starts up and it's just joy and it's oh happiness. And that's how I feel about oh. you. And oh, also we had a special guest. We had a Tina's special husband. guest. Yes. He never comes out. He likes to, he likes to make his music. He likes to be home watching yes. uh, Dumbledore slash Lord of the Rings. Yes. And uh, <laughs> he comes out and he was a star. He's like you. By the way, the whole bar, every time Tina comes up, Tina, <laughs> Tina, the whole it bar. It was so weird. <laughs> like, because you brought that joy. You know what I'm saying? We had that front table. They fucking loved oh you. Oh, my God. And you went over and sang to them. Like, oh, my you God. You made yeah. the whole thing. It was so funny. And then Tina's up there singing, and this got a Stugatz. Is that yeah, right? yeah. Comes yeah. up to Tina's husband is like, are you single? And he's like, <laughs> And he has this big curly hair. She's like, she goes, what did she say to him? You look like Howard Stern. <laughs> And he's like, what is it? The hair? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. What else would it be? It's fucking hair. This is why he stays home. I said to him, I said, this is why you can't leave the house. You got too much going on. It's that, it's that, uh, Oh my God. What is it? Kramer had it on, uh, on, uh, Seinfeld. Oh God. What was it? The foot, something, some sort of curse because of the, how handsome he was, you know, the women wanted him. That's what, that's what he has as well. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. But yeah, I was happy. He never really comes out. And so, and like I told you when you, we, when you got here, he was like, it really seems like all of you really like each other and that, you know, I think it's hard for him with like friendships and stuff. So he like, likes seeing it. He's a bit of a loner. Yeah, but he 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 fucking did he's it. Funny, pictures like, I of mean, beer. He's bringing thing, beer yeah. over. I mean, he was having a time. He was having a good time. He was having a good time. Yeah. I mean, he's a fun person. Yeah, he is. 
I mean, every time I've talked to him, he's funny. He makes he's me really laugh. funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. So I did. So I did Tom Petty. Yes. Um, Last Dance with Mary Jane. And then we, you and Emma and Nancy. And oh I my did God. Hold on by Wilson Phillips. What was your last song? I'm so bummed. Oh, I went up and yeah. I asked and he was like, some guy was no. the last one. He started going through. They had a long line of songs coming up. And Tina's like, I got like, it was 1230. Yeah. And well, she's Manny like, was like, I, he was like enough. at the point with yeah. the beer he's like i can't yeah it's enough and uh so and i was like but i have to heal hear hillary yeah and the guy's like oh she's not gonna go there's too many people in front of her but everybody had left so i started going through the list and i was the last one and i did no doubt just a girl no Honey. and emma came up and and Aww. nancy came up and sang it i'll have to get the video and, and send it to you you guys are so cute yeah emma and by the way it's like emma take so away good. my rats i was like and i said fuck florida and the karaoke guy they didn't seem to like that. Remember <gasps> when he was calling every every time someone would come up, he would call them a patriot. So I think he might be no. I think he might be a, a MAGA guy. I think he might. Be, I didn't even realize was he was not calling happy. people patriots. Yeah, he was doing that like the first couple times we went there. So, but that's we a, need a new karaoke place. So they're gonna. So we can always go to Brewfish. Yeah, but fucking Manor Lanes like, is a shit. I know. I love Manor Lanes. Screw him. Yeah, we'll just have to sing. Well, the next time we go, I think we're going to do 80s eighties theme. Yeah. Oh, I already know what song I'm doing. Of course you do. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. I yeah. mean, it was such a, it was a very good night. Well, well, need, like, you know, needed. Yes. To blow off a little bit of steam. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That is it. <gasps> well, Are you ready? I'm, I'm excited am. to hear this story. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. I did see Lauren Book. I wanted to tell you this. That I saw Lauren Book at the Dolphins meeting because we endorsed her this week. Yes. And she came over to me and she's like, how's it going? How's everything going? And I was like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. She's like, "What? You know, is there anything fun going on? <laughs> I was like, I only go roller skating for fun. So I, I don't know. She's like, oh, shakes her phone out. She's like, when, did, when do you do that? <gasps> I cannot wait to see oh you and lauren book do you think she'll show up i told I her i'm like I, I can't go this thursday oh because we recorded oh my a podcast God. we recorded we recorded a, a an amazing oh fuck i can't believe we didn't bring this up yes sos pod amazing ladies love um, them may molly and Alyssa are yes. so fun adorable so f- and smart like smart, so fucking smart beautiful like oh they're just and yeah. they live in a Blue state. Yeah, they live in California. And they, so they wanted, they needed to do Thursday at nine. And I was like, all right, I will (laughs) not skate tonight for this. Yes. But it was great because they really wanted to talk about Florida and how fucked up it is. And literally we're looking at us like, how do you live there? Yeah. Like, what do you, yeah. Do you you feel safe? And we're like, no, everything's fucked. I said, I wish they're like, where do you find hope? I'm like, well, I I gotta tell you. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Like it's really fucked up. Yeah, and that comes out August 1st. Yes, so we'll share that. And, and please listen to their podcast. They, they oh, cover so all sorts of uh, lovely things that yeah. are important. Yeah. They said they had a whole Don't Say Gay episode, and on their YouTube, it was like Troll Central. She's like, <sighs> that's okay, make us viral. I'm like, oh, yeah. please let us get go viral with some fucking dragging yeah. trolls. I would love it. I would love it. It's, it's, it's wild. I know. All right. So my story today is very mucky, but it's mucky for like, not like a scandal or a certain politician, but definitely because of the sticky situation (gasps) of what it is. So today I am covering 
because of Boston and I heard this story there. The Great Molasses Flood. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you know this? I do know this. Oh my gosh. <gasps> Incredible. Also, I'd like to tell you that we spend a great deal of time in the North End, which is like their little Italy. <gasps> amazing food, oh. amazing people. I mean, we waited like, I mean, my mom was out of her mind, but it was 20 minutes for a table and had some of the best food I've ever had in my fucking life. Wow. We brought the little limoncello over at the oh. end. You know, it was very, very amazing. It was very like authentic. Yes. Oh, so fucking good, Tina. Oh, I need to go. Let's go. Let's go. <sighs> okay, so. The Great Molasses Flood, also known as the Boston Molasses Disaster, oh God. occurred on January 15th, 1919 in the North End Boston, neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. So molasses can be, we're going to talk a little bit about the flood and then we'll get into like how this happened and the aftermath yeah. and everything. So molasses can be fermented to produce ethanol, the active ingredient in alcoholic beverages and a key component in ammunitions. Oh. The disaster occurred at the Purity Distilling distilling company facility at 529 commercial street near keeney square a considerable amount of molasses had been stored there by the company which used the harborside commercial street tank to offload molasses from ships and store it for later transfer to pipeline uh, by pipeline to the purity ethanol plant situated between willow street and Evertees way in cambridge Okay. So we're basically it's in this giant tank when they come off the boat, you know, it's at the boat. Uh, they put it in this giant tank, right? And then they're storing that tank. Yeah. So the molasses tank stood 50 feet tall and 90 feet in diameter Ooh. and contained as much as 2.3 million gallons Holy of crap. molasses. On January 15th, 1919. What do you do with all that molasses? Yeah. I mean, I know you're selling it, but like. Yeah. Temperatures in Boston had risen above 40 degrees Fahrenheit, climbing rapidly with the frigid temperatures of the preceding days and the previous day. A ship had delivered a fresh load of molasses, which had been warmed to reduce its consistent consistency for transfer. So when it's warm, it's it's, um, you know, more pliable. Do you know oh. what I mean? Like it's, it's not thick. OK, it's like a syrup. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? When yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. warm. So they, and it's so easier, they warm it and cool it's it. easier to transfer it that yes, way? Yes, to pour okay. it. Because oh, otherwise yeah. it's oh, thick and yeah, it's yeah, sticky, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So possibly due to the thermal expansion of the older, colder molasses already inside the tank, <gasps> oh. the tank burst open <gasps> and collapsed at approximately 12.30 p.m. So the middle of the day in it this just, busy neighborhood, this fucking tank burst, right? <laughs> Witnesses reported that they felt the ground shake and heard <gasps> a roar as it collapsed. Uh -oh. A long rumble similar to the passing of an elevated train. Others reported a tremendous crashing, a deep growling, a thunderclap like bang and a sound like machine gun as the rivets shot out of the <gasps> tank. So the... You know, the things that's holding all the panels oh, together. Oh, my was God. Like, like, could you imagine being next to oh that? Oh, my God. It'd be like a bullet oh. hits you. We can't do bad luck. Yeah, that's scary. Whew. The density of the molasses is about 1.4 tons per cubic meter, 40% more dense than water, <gasps> resulting in the molasses having a great deal of potential energy, like moving. Oh, my God. So it's like a tidal wave of molasses. Y yes. Listen to this. The collapse translated this energy into a wave of molasses 25 feet high <gasps> at its peak, moving at 35 miles per hour. 25 fucking miles. I mean, 25 feet high. <gasps> like, that's two stories. Did people get buried under this molasses? Oh, Tina, please over here. Of course. What do you mean? Yes. 35 miles an hour. You can't run past them. No, it's 1230 Oh, my God. And there's cars. Oh, my God. Like, it's a whole thing. It's oh my the middle God. of the day. People are out, you know? Oh, my God. The wave was of 
of sufficient force to drive steel panels of the burst tank against the girders of the adjacent Boston Elevated Railway's Atlantic Avenue structure and tip a streetcar <gasps> momentarily off the L's tracks, right? So not only did like those rivets come out, but the panels wow. burst out, which are huge steel panels this is so scary i know several several blocks uh flo were flooded to a depth of two to three feet <gasps> god witnesses or witness steven puelo quotes a boston uh, post report okay is what he said molasses waist deep covered the street and swirled and bubbled around the wreckage here and there struggled a form whether it was an animal or human <gasps> being be, a human being was impossible to tell only an upheaval a thrashing about in the sticky mash oh showing where God. any life was oh horses died like so many <gasps> flies on sticky fly paper oh my god the more they struggled the deeper in the mess oh. they were ensnared human beings men and women suffered likewise end oh. quote my and that's but, so it's so sticky yeah and you what do you and do right you do this you're try, yeah you're trying oh to get out, my it only god made it worse. it made you like get deeper into it oh my god oh my god oh my god because oh my god. you know when you watch these movies and like uh like, like a, a 007 or something or like something they know how to react in in yeah. these moments but regular humans are just struggling like they, of course you're you panicked you're yeah, panicked of course of course the boston globe oh reported that people were quote picked up by a rush of air and hurled <gasps> many feet end quote Others had debris hurled at them from the rush of the sweet smelling air. So like, of course, like you said, cars are flying, things are flying and it's like a tornado basically, right? But of molasses. Yeah, but so it's, it's, and it's throwing shit out. It's insane. Like, I know. A truck was picked up and hurled into the Boston Harbor. After the initial wave, the molasses became very thick, exasperated <gasps> by the cold temperatures, oh, tracking, trapping them caught in the wave and making it even more difficult to rescue them. Because remember, when it's hot, oh. it's loose. It's like a syrup. Yeah. But when it gets cold, it's like, Holy and it's cold outside. Shit. Mm. About 150 people were injured and 21 people and several horses were killed. Oh, my God. Including like children. There was like oh, a 10-year-old boy. No, oh, my God. <gasps> Some I were can't crushed. imagine like how scary and suffocating because at least with water, you can try to like mm. push yourself out, you right. know, like get yourself to the surface, but you're under something that's heavy and yeah. weighted and like, then like, are you're swallowing it? Like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that happened. That God. happened. I, I think, I think oh there's one God. in here about a little boy who oh. like was in this thing and he had oh. swallowed all of his molasses. It was fucking nightmare. <gasps> Some were crushed and drowned by the molasses <gasps> or by the debris that it carried within. Edwards Park wrote of one child's experience in a 1983 article for Smithsonian, quote, Anthony DeStasio, walking homeward with his sisters from oh. the Michelangelo school, was picked up by the wave and carried, tumbling on its crest, almost as though he was surfing. <gasps> Then he grounded and the molasses rolled him like oh. a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother call his name and <gasps> couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering <gasps> goo. He passed out and then he opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. So he survived, but he was like in wave oh my god i, I mean you like imagine? do you ever walk into like a breakfast place again oh, you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. like you see you know what i mean yeah. some you go Molasses, to any diner they're like they're like yeah. i gotta get the fuck out like get the fuck out of here so like traumatizing god what are you gonna do <laughs> so several factors might have contributed to the to the disaster the first factor is the belief that the tank 
may have leaked from the very first day that it was filled in the year 1915. So this is the, we'll, oh. we'll get into like the lack of safety and regulations, which I think kind of ties into our podcast, right? Yeah, of course. The tank was also constructed poorly and tested insufficiently and carbon dioxide production might have raised the internal pressure due to fermentation in the tank. Warmer weather the previous day would have assisted in building this pressure as the air temperature rose from two to 41 degrees, right? Oh. So it starts to get warmer. Yeah, inside. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah quickly right the failure occurred when a manhole covered near the base of the tank and a, uh, and a fatigue crack there possibly grew to the point of breakage the tank had been filled to capacity only eight times since it, it was built a few years previously putting the walls under intermittent cyclical load right so it wasn't always full it was just uh, constantly and, so, and they're just reusing it reusing yeah. it and then is there like old molasses that's like always in there yeah of course and it wasn't built right, and the metal they used wasn't good. When we'll get into all of this, just doesn't even it's, yeah. sound. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Several authors say that the Purity Distilling Company was trying to outrace prohibition, as the 18th Amendment was ratified the next day, January 6, 1919, and took effect one year later. Remember, they used this oh. to make alcohol. So one of the uses is to use alcohol. So to make they're uh, trying ethanol. to they're trying to rush something through. Yeah. An inquiry after the disaster revealed that Arthur Gell, USIA's treasurer, neglected. Basic safety tests while overseeing construction well, of the tank, such as filling it. it with water to check for leaks, <laughs> and ignored warning signs such as groaning noises each time the tank was filled. <laughs> what had, is wrong with people? He had no architectural or engineering experience. Oh, when which makes sense. Put some water, fill it up with some water, make sure nothing's coming out. Right, that makes sense. Before that, and you I fill feel it like with that's molasses, kind of easy to do too. Oh, please. When filled with molasses, the tank leaked so badly that it was painted brown to hide the leakage. <gasps> Local residents collected- I mean, well, now this is deliberate now. Yeah, yeah. This is deliberate. They can't say, I wasn't sure. Right. You, you're, you're changing the color of the stupid tank. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Local, oh, the residents, <laughs> local residents collected leaked molasses for their homes. So they'd go up to the tank where it was coming out and they'd no! steal it. <laughs> it was the times. It was 1919, yeah, you know honey. What? You know what? Get yourself some free molasses. Yeah, just get it. It's I fine. Mean, Who cares? I don't even... I do like molasses. I don't... I don't know the last time I had... Is it in gingerbread cookies? Like, where do they use I molasses? I think so. I think so. I just, I, I don't know. had it in like the house, but I don't would they it's use it It's different than syrup. You know, like syrup yeah. is like a sweeter. Yeah. I don't know. But I think, yeah, in like ginger, they yeah. use it in some kind of cookie. But it yeah. has been a very long time. Like I think my mom maybe had it in the house for like baking or something. Yeah, that's what, I know we had it. I don't know what the hell they used it for. Yeah. I don't like know. Like I can't imagine like pouring it on like a pancake. No, no, no. It's not, you know. No. A 2014 investigation applied modern engineering analysis and found that the steel was half as thick as it should have been for a tank of its size, even with the lower standards at, uh, they had at the time. Another issue was that the steel lacked ma manganese, manganese and was made more brittle as a result. So, it, you know, they didn't even use the right material. The tank's rivets were also... probably because it was cheaper. Yeah. The tank's rivets were also apparently flawed. The cracks formed, uh, first formed at the rivet holes. In 2016, a team of scientists and students at Harvard University conducted extensive studies of the disaster, gathering data from many sources, including 1919 newspaper articles, old maps, and weather reports. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The student researchers also studied the behavior of cold corn syrup flooding a scale model of the affected neighborhood. The researchers concluded that the reports of the high speed of the flood were credible. 
you know because wow. sometimes you're like who knows yeah if it's yeah, yeah like, yeah. Yeah, like oh is... there's no way it was like that high or that, or that fast, fast. Yeah, or, yeah yeah two days before the disaster warmer molasses had been added to the tank reducing the viscosity of the fluid which means the thick and thin yeah. of the fluid when the tank collapsed the fluid cooled quickly as it spread until it reached boston's winter evening temperatures and it got thicker as it moved like we talked about how the hell did they clean this up like, how do you clean oh, up streets we'll get, of molasses? Yeah. We'll get, I, I got that in here. The Harvard study. So this is what's from the Harvard study. So the Harvard yeah. study concluded that the molasses cooled and thickened quickly as it rushed through the streets, hampering efforts to free victims before they suffocated. Wow. So they made like a scale. Yeah. Of the they, neighborhood. I, that's like so cool. Like that's their little experiment. Mm. Like we're going to model this to scale. We're going to do all of the different like temperatures. Yeah. And yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Here's another thing about that little, ne- the North End, because we walked around the neighborhood. First of all, uh, the first Catholic church is built there by Italian immigrants. Like it's such a fucking beautiful church. But also it reminded me of Italy where outside people's houses, like, when they would when they constructed these buildings the italians in the neighborhood they put these um i don't know what to call it it's almost like um an altar kind of but it's oh. like you, they put it in the wall like this right o- oh. outside the house so they could put a statue of mary in there yeah or something. yeah yeah like that's how a lot they have that in italy too but like oh. outside people's houses they have all these little i love that i know it's very you know let's move to boston oh God, please. Gabriella I don't loves know what we're there. doing here. I, I don't know what we're doing here. I really don't know either. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Damn it. So, aftermath. First to the scene were 116 cadets under the direction of Lieutenant Commander H.J. Copeland from the USS Nantucket, a training ship of the Massachusetts Nautical School that was docked oh. nearby at the playground oh, pier. God. The cadets ran several blocks toward the accident and entered into the knee-deep flood of molasses to pull out the survivors, wow. while others worked to keep curious onlookers from getting in the way of rescuers. I mean, Get people. The, the, the freaking neck, what's that called? Rubbernecking. Get out of Get out. The Boston Police, Red Cross, Army, and Navy personnel soon arrived. Some nurses from the Red Cross dived into the molasses while others tended to the injured, keeping them warm and feeding the exhausted workers. Many of these people worked through the night, and the injured were so numerous that the doctors and surgeons set up a makeshift hospital in a nearby building. my God. Rescuers found it difficult to make their way through the syrup to help the victims, and four days elapsed before they stopped searching. Many of the dead were so glazed over in molasses, (gasps) they were hard to recognize. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, it's Other, like they're stuck in amber. Yeah. Yes. Jurassic Park. Yes. Oh, but it's God. so creepy. That must be so creepy. That had to oh be my God. so creepy to, like, look at them. Oh, my. The, like, you know, because they're like, uh, like, yeah. how are they? Yeah. Ugh. Other victims were swept into Boston Harbor and were found three to four <gasps> months after the disaster. What? In the wake of the accident, 119 residents brought a class action lawsuit against Good. the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, Please. USIA, which had bought which had bought pure, purity distilling in 1917. It was one of the first class action suits in Massachusetts, and it is considered a milestone in paving the way for modern corporate regulation. The Thank company, God. yeah, the company claimed that the tank had been blown up by anarchists. Oh my! Because some God. of the alcohol produced was to was be, going to be used to make ammunition. Oh my God! Uh-huh. I uh-huh. love that it. Let's just blame everybody else. Yeah, January 6th was Antifa, right? All right. Okay. 
Oh, it's so Some good. Some things never change. They never change. But a court-appointed auditor found USIA responsible after three years of hearings, and the company ultimately paid out $628,000 in damages, which in today would be $9.82 million. Wow. Relatives of those killed reportedly received $7,000 per victim, equivalent to 109000 in 2021. Not enough, by Not the way. Enough. Cleanup Not crews enough. used salt water f- from a fireboat to wash away the molasses and st- and sand to absorb it, and the harbor was brown with molasses until summer. <gasps> the cleanup in the immediate area took weeks, with several I, I hundred mean, people contributing to the effort, and it took longer to clean the rest of greater Boston and its suburbs because they're, cl- oh they, you know, they're cleaning, but it's like all the water is going throughout it. the city. Oh, my God. Rescue workers, cleanup crews, and sightseers had tracked molasses through the streets and spread it to a subway platform to so the seats inside trains and streetcars to pay fo- telephone handsets into homes and to countless other places. Because so it's just everywhere. everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. It was, that is so, it's just so weird. It's just like, I can't imagine it. I know. You know? It was reported that, quote, everything that a Bostonian touched was sticky, end quote. <laughs> I love that so much. <sighs> the United States Industrial Alcohol Company did not rebuild the tank. The, properly, the property formerly occupied by the Molasses Tank and the North End Paving Company became a yard for the Boston Elevated Railway. It is now the site of a city-owned recreational complex officially named Langon uh, Park, featuring a Little League baseball field, a playground, and bocce courts. That's how I knew about this. I saw this plaque, a small plaque at the entrance to Pukalo oh, Park. my God. Placed by the Bostonian Society com- uh, commemorates the disaster. The accident has been... Be- has since become a staple of local culture, not only for the damage the flood brought, but also for the sweet smell that filled the North End for decades after the disaster. Whoa. (laughs) According to journalist Edwards Park, quote, the smell of molasses remained for decades a distinctive, unmistakable atmosphere of Boston, end quote. That gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Like decades. It still smells like that. I want, oh, I feel like, again, like the people traumatized by it. Like, how do you just... Yeah. Smell the air. I, Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That is a wild, scary story. <laughs> I know. It's so scary. There's, by the way, so many stories in Boston, like I said. There's one that I'm going to cover that I think is incredible. I don't know if I'll do it soon, but, but I have it in my back <gasps> pocket. Basically, Benjamin Franklin had all these siblings, but he had a sister named Jane who was like he considered a genius like but you know as a woman she wasn't given the same opportunities he was but a lot of times when he struggled with his theories or his inventions he would write her letters (gasps) and she was like well try this and everything always worked like she was this like (sighs) one of his most no one knows yeah and nobody knows who she is nobody knows who she is i hate everything i know i'm richie aka midnight agent raw I'm Devin, a.k.a. Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> All right. So I did this um, story sort of not like in honor of Tony Sirico, but I wanted Aww. to do sort of like um, an Italian, a corrupt Italian official. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Just to, and I got the pork store. Yes. She has the her statue. Can we see it? The you, gotta, you might shirt. have to close this for a second. Um, that Hillary. 
got me Satriels. <laughs> so I got my my um, you know Adidas tracksuit pants on. Like I'm just just trying to honor honor the moment. So oh, thank God. Um, all right. So today mm. I'm going to tell you the story of former Ohio commissioner Jimmy Demora. Ooh, I mean, right there yeah. with the name. Hey, <laughs> Jimmy Demora, friend of ours. So Jimmy Demora. Demora was a beloved county commissioner known for being the life of the party. Mm. But the party ends with his involvement in the largest criminal corruption case in Ohio history. Wow. Yeah. It's a fun little, Love fun it. little short little story. Let's do it. All right. So our story takes place in Cuyahoga County, Ohio. And this is sort of at the tippy top of Ohio on the northeast side. Okay. And it's up by Lake Erie. And Cleveland is the largest city in that county. And shout out to uh, From the Middle, our buddy yes. here in Ohio, aren't they? Hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, so I found this, I, a lot of this I got from Cleveland Magazine. There was a great article and several articles, but there was this um, one article all about his background, mm. and I'm really just paraphrasing it. Re- go to the sources because it's so much detail <laughs> about really his personality. You get the sense of what kind of guy this was. So... They put up two, they said that there were two versions mm. of how Jimmy DeMora got his start in politics. Okay. And one is um, like this, I don't want to say like a mythical birth, but it, one is like this sort of like, it, it almost sounds like a made up story. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like this this thing like, like pushes him into the politics. So the first was that he was sweeping floors for City Hall mm. as a teen and wanted to get involved in politics. And he was, you know, around because he was there. The second is the funny one. And this one has Demora working at a plant as a wastewater operator in 1973 as a teenager. You know, he's like 18 years old. And one day he's leaving work late. And at that time, the city had this policy to... Um, dim the lights to save energy because it was like an energy crisis was going on at the Mm, time so they couldn't have like all the lights going so we're going to dim the lights so because the lights are dim he is walking along and he can't see too well and he falls into a sewage vat no which is disgusting right like imagine imagine not going your mouth forget molasses I'd rather have molasses. You know so what I'm yeah, so he's in there and he's slipping and he's sliding in the back. He's trying to hold on. He's trying not to drown. Mm. And I mean, in people shit, like it's disgusting. Oh my god! And he makes his way out, right? And he limps to the mayor's office to bitch out um, about how the about the lights. Like yeah. hey, you know, you got to have the lights on. This is yeah, why I'm covered I fell. in shit, like, man. Yeah, look at me and how yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah. And then Mayor Lucille Reed tells him basically. If you don't like how things are, why don't you run for mayor then? Oh, and he's like, okay, you know, and he's a good story. Like that, that's right. sort of the thing they say, like that got him in, which is a kind of fun yeah. story. So, um, four years later in 1977, he runs for city council hmm. and he wins. So he starts off on the city council. Uh, later he ran to unseat that lady. Oh my God. Um, but he loses. And in 1981, when she is retiring, he runs for the mayor's position and he wins. Um, and he served as mayor from when he, he was young, from when he was 26 years old. How? And he was, remember, already serving on the council. So he was like, you know, in his early 20s when he's involved in politics. That's amazing. And, and it went until he was 43. Then in 1998, 
Um, I, there was a, a couple of years where he like had run for the county commission. He didn't get it. But then in 1998, he runs again, and he ends up now on the county okay. commission. Um, so that's really where, um, you know, this story takes place as his, as his time as a county commissioner. So, but please go read the article because it gives like a, a lot of fun background about this guy. Really like, you know, he's brass. He's like this Italian loud guy. Um, and it's like, oh, what do you need? Well, I'll help you out. Whatever you want, whatever, you know, and he like yeah. makes things happen kind of guy. Oh, I like and, this. Yeah. And he also like tackled issues that like constituents wanted him to tackle and he would go in and do it. And if he set his mind to something like it was going to happen, like that's the type of guy he was. So we're going to jump ahead now to 2008. Oh my God. The FBI and the IRS raids uh, Demora's office. Uh-oh. And then this is like, everything comes out in the open. So essentially he, like so many other people before him, um, and like so many on The Sopranos, <laughs> partic- participated in a pay-to-play scheme oh, that man. swindled not only, you know, the government, but ends up like lining his pockets. Oh, man. So in the end, it was the wiretapping that did him in. The feds were investigating him um, from 2008, and they really like make their big move on him, um, like after they've gathered all the evidence, like in 2010. So they spent two years, like wow, they raided his that's office. that's a long time. They're wiretapping, like got oh his phones, you know, oh they got everything, they got it all. So they had a lot of time to like build their case. So let's get to my favorite part. What did he spend the oh, money on? Yes. So according to Cleveland Magazine, um, he was given money to pay for casino trips, $1,000 dinners, mm. strippers, God. Sex workers, oh. backyard renovation. Hmm. Cleveland.com reported that he took about $451,801 in bribes and favors over the years. Oh my God. That's a lot. $451,000. Yeah. So this site also reported in another article that not only did he pay for sex workers, but he also had sex with women who wanted like jobs or who wanted oh, things. No! Yes. 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 No, what a fucking scumbag. Yes. He got uh, free appliances. He got limo rides. He got a summer's worth of like takeout food, like delivered to him. Um, Signed sports jerseys, tickets to baseball games, uh, patio furniture, barbecues. Uh, It just like, it went on and on. Like anything that he could get and make a deal with like that, he- what, what, what can you give and me? And this does remind me of The Sopranos when he's like, what's going on with the washing machines? What's yeah, going on? Like, yeah. whatever's falling off the truck. Yeah. You're all interested yes, in it. Yeah. Yes. Another report noted that in one of the surveillance calls, uh, he was talking to someone and he thought, like, he basically was saying, like, we, this can go on forever. Like, we can just keep doing uh, this. In what universe do you think that that's a thing? <laughs> that someone isn't going to, like, yes. rat you out or they're going to go, wow, look at this house he has or look at all this, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, but, but, but it's so fucking um risky and they just think they're never going to get caught because they've done, been doing it for so long yes. that they just think nothing's ever going to happen to them four hundred and fifty one thousand dollars what and it's, the fuck because it's little things at a time you know what i right. mean it's it not like up. someone's just handing in four hundred thousand cash right. You're it's right. like this little thing this little thing this little thing and then all of these other the values of things and, yeah. yeah 
Wow. So he would offer up contracts to contractors in exchange for those trips, the women, the money, and more. And um, at one time, even a county engineer hooked him up with sex workers and limo rides for his family in exchange for a new office location. So like they were, you know, having to relocate. And I guess he wanted to relocate in a certain place or whatever it was. And so he hooked up um, Demora, you know, with all of this stuff so that he could get it. And Demora said to the engineer on a call, quote, I appreciate your uh, due diligence on this for me. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. You're a good man. Thank you. Oh, my God. The engineer, of course, had to resign once everything came out, you know, all because it was all of these. I mean, it was contractors, real estate appraisers, engineers, anyone that he could trade with. He saw an opportunity like that's who he was. Well, also not to keep talking about Sopranos, know, but whatever. But. but there's an episode with the councilman. Yes. And the black man who was, they did the houses the HUD, with. The HUD, the HUD, yeah. And they were like fighters in the 70s yeah. together for like rights and things like that. Like civil rights. Yeah. And, and he's like, what happened to us? He's like, hey, everybody's doing it. We're going to be the only people yeah. not doing it. And, yeah. And, and I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. I mean, well, it seems to be. Yeah, it seems to be. God. And he was like a big time Democrat, like union guy, you know, the whole thing. Listen, it doesn't matter. Greed is not, does not know party. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? They're both damn cr- You know what I mean? Ugh. Like, the, like we, please. Don't get me started on these Ugh. fucking incompetent assholes. <laughs> All right. So the charges. He, um, there were about there was a a long list of charges, several counts in like all of these categories. So um, the most of course was the bribery charges and there were several different bribery charges, false statements to the FBI, false statements to law enforcement, conspiracy, mail fraud, tax fraud, and obstruction of justice. Mm. Demora of course denied the charges at first. Uh, According to Fox 8, he once told reporters, quote, I'm not an angel, but I'm no crook. I'm not doing anything different than any other public official does. I mean, I mean, he on. might not be wrong. I mean, I guess, but I but just he's going a like, little too far. He's going a little too far. Like, what do you think about someone who like lets someone buy them lunch? Yeah, I mean, you're not allowed. I mean, you're not allowed to do you're it. But is that if it's just a lunch? Uh, if you're if it's you know on I mean? if it's on your time as your official capacity, I, I, you can't accept yeah. it. But do you see a level of difference, yeah. or do you think they're just both wrong? I mean, I think they're both wrong, but there's a definite level. Like, it's yeah. not the same as like, you know, but then it's like, okay, they bought me lunch. Like, they're trying to curry favor with yeah, me. Yeah, that's what I would, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said, once arrested, according to fine law, quote, I'm not guilty and I'm going to defend it. Fight it tooth and nail. And I believe that you'll see at the end of the case, once the evidence is produced by our side, that it's a whole bunch of people that got in trouble, that made up lies, that were cut deals with the federal government to get less jail time. Mm. So basically, he's like, everyone's ratting me out. It's not about me. Like, this is all, you know, they're out to get me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during a court appearance in 2010, Demora kept it cool. He would, um, you know, he dressed always really nicely. And Cleveland reported that he said, quote, it's a beautiful day in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and as far as resigning as county commissioner, he said, quote, I've had a great tenure and I'm going to finish it out. Oh, So he's my like, gosh. I'm not resigning. I'm not of leaving. Not. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, wow. here I am. I'm your guy still. Like, that wow. was just him. Um, and then the county treasurer at the time, Jim Rokaikis, felt that Demora should step down amidst the charges. You know, a lot of the people in the city were, like, calling for his resignation, constituents, of course. Come you know. on. And he said, quote, 
I think there are a lot of more. I think there are a lot more indictments coming. Demora has every right to defend himself in court, but he and Russo, this other guy that was involved, would have done us a great favor if they had stepped down along the way. I'm sure he will stay and collect every last dime of taxpayer money. Oh, you know, like so that was like a yeah, like step yeah. out. So he ends up being found guilty in 2012. Um, so, you know, this all happens in 2010. And you know how it is. They got to get the trial and blah, blah, blah. And um, he was found guilty of 33 counts. <gasps> Holy shit. 33 counts, which included the racketeering, the bribery, the conspiracy, a Hobbs Act conspiracy, and the tax charges. Oh, my God, He dude. was sentenced oh God. to 28 years. One, like, one of the longest sentencing for this type of stuff. Wow. But, you know, he was kind of upset. He's still upset about the sentencing. He's still around? He's still around. Is he he's um, out now? No. Oh, he's still no, locked up. No, because this remember 20, 20, oh, 2012. Yeah. Whoa. So um, some of the aftermath with this is the county moved from a commission-based government to a county executive. So it moved from like three county commissioners to one county executive person and an 11-member council. So they reform like the way that they ran the government i guess so he would like maybe one commissioner wouldn't have so much control yeah. or you know and just this year in 20 uh 22 in june a judge reduced his sentence to 23 years so he got five years shaved off which is but he's still serving double what others who have had similar corruption charges have been given according to wkyc and the article noted that stats from the federal sentencing commission show that the average sentencing for a crime like Demora committed received an average of 12 years. Mm. But prosecutors noted that the quote egregious conduct of Demora is what led to the heftier sentencing. I mean, come on. So he still has 13 years left and he's Holy like in shit. his seventies, you know? Oh man. Or no, he's 67. I'm sorry. He's almost 70. Still. Um, and so that's one of the issues is that he is 67 and, you know, the failing health and this, that, and the other. He wanted to be released since he's already served 10 years. He's like, you know, let me out already. I think let him out. And uh, Demora's response to the review of his sentencing was, quote, disappointing to say the least. I mean, yeah, five years. It sounds, I mean, it's good to get something yes. off, but that's not nearly close to yes. what it should be. And I don't, you know, and I don't know, like, you know, why it, you know, maybe like they were just really pissed at like his attitude or, and I saw one article was like, you know, if Demora just would have apologized or had some, or something you know, like that. Yeah. had some remorse, something, no. you know what I mean? So I think that there's all of this other stuff added to it is his attitude. Yeah. So some uh, points of interest and this made me laugh so much. Uh, the Cleve uh, scene wrote about, so about the tapes. And where Demora and one of his cronies, that guy Frank Russo, among others, are talking. And the article makes a point to note that Demora is Italian. Oh, boy. And the tape, and, he, and they say that the tapes make it very clear that he's Italian. And they have a paraphrased, this is a paraphrased version of what was on the tapes. Okay. No. This guy? This fucking guy? This fucking guy over here with that fucking thing? No. What are they trying to do? That won't work. This fucking guy over here thinks he can do that? No, this fucking guy, I tell you. Like, that's oh like, God, like, like, like they're so sifting good. through all of that. It's like, so good. imagine listening to hours uh, and hours of tape. Oh my God, I would love it. I'm watching The Sopranos. This fucking exactly guy, like. this fucking guy, yeah. no, no. Yeah. He wants to do that over there. What? Oh. This fucking thing. Like, and there's, how do you get anything out of that? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Oh my God, that's my favorite. It's so come funny. Over to the, come over to our friend's house, the contractor. 
Like that's how they yeah. talk about Sopranos. Like it's they, so ever, they know who everybody is based on these small little uh, clues. It's so good. Yeah. And then he reportedly said in court, quote, what all of us should be worried about is the fact that American citizens have to be worried about their phones being tapped, their <laughs> children's phones being tapped, and their spouses. So he's like, you know, pissed off about the lack of privacy, but you know, you're yeah. scamming money. Yeah. <laughs> so here's another thing I found interesting in the story is that the magazine reported that Demora was this, you know, big shot Democrat. He had the unions, the city officials, grassroots Dems, like all of these people on board with him. He helped build like a democratic machine, like wow. in that area. He that let the Dems uh, gain power, Ugh. but he was shady and so disappointing. And I think the thing that I think is the interesting is to remember is like we said, like we can't just hold up Democrats as like they're the they're the good ones and the Republicans are the bad ones because there's really shady. We see this in politics just on the local level, right? the behind the scenes stuff about the, 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 it's not a level of corruption like this, but people who try to put their hand and control what's happening, Mm -hmm. right? Because of, I know this one, this is who we need to get up. And what are the motivations behind all of that? right? Right. And like, I feel like naively prior to being involved with this, I always was like, well, the best, best man wins, like best person for the job. Like that should be the person, the best candidate. But it doesn't work that way because the best candidate may not have all of the support network that's needed to help them win. And someone who maybe isn't as good gets it because of everyone that they know. And it's frustrating to witness the process happening. Or people who have are in a position to endorse or give somebody that sort of like that power to highlight them. Yes. And because they're friends or whatever other reason and it's not being, it's not the best person for the job. It's just for them, their own personal reasons. Right. That's fucked up too. Right. And it's like, it's, you know, like who's going to play ball with us. Right. Like, and, and it's so interesting, like this aspect of politics that I never knew until it's fucking gross we've like been involved and see yeah. like people trying to run campaigns and like the stuff that, that they story have we to heard do. this week we're not yeah. which we're not going to repeat but the story we heard this week when we went out uh, yeah. is fucking insane and it's not okay because what happens is a large organization endorses someone who should not have that endorsement right and, and the other people weren't even given a fair shot at getting that endorsement and that endorsement holds weight yes and if that person gets sent to tallahassee it's it, fucked up because it's, it's not the best person for the job. And aren't right. we supposed to be sending our best people who are going to fight or, for us? And aren't we supposed to have a fair process? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's screwed all around. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's, it. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> My God. Well, that was a good story. I can't believe you did. <gasps> we're, we're, are we disparaging this Italian? I mean, I don't like this Dino. What are I we know. Doing Listen, he, he, I thought he, you were a friend of us. Well, Dean. he could be like, uh, uh, and I can't stand him. Melfi's husband. Oh my god, uh, he's so I can't annoying. Stand him he's such. He, that's the Wonder Bread Wop, dude. There's so many <laughs> things that I fucking forgot about the show. One that Melfi gets raped. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking. I com- and then she goes to that restaurant. He's employed. Oh and my god. I, and I and then when I was watching, I was like, I forgot. I thought. She, I th- I remembered that she told Tony and that he did something about it, oh, but that's yeah. not what happened no. at all. Because which was good. Yeah, I like that. No, no, no. Yeah, because um, then she would be tied. Yeah, forever. I forgot about um, that scene is so hard to watch. 
Oh my God. It's so hard to I got to tell you, I think I fast forwarded through it. I Especially afterwards, they, they fucked up the ev- the chain of evidence oh and he doesn't God. get tried. And, and, oh the, and her son God. comes in. And, oh. and then, and then um, uh, he's on the phone. He's like, Rossi. Ro-, and she's like, yeah, you, oh, God. oh yes. my God. What the fuck? Yes. It's like, shut up already. What a dick. Um, the meadow turn. The, when Meadow turns after Jackie's killed and she's like, I'm going to Europe, Jackie Jr. She's uh, like, I'm going to Europe. And he screams at her face. That scene between Tony yes, and Meadow is incredible. So good. Where he's like, you got something to say to me? Yeah. Like, and that she's was like fucking awesome. Like crying. Yeah. And she goes she right blame, back to school. Because she, wa- she wants to blame him. Yeah. yeah. And he's, and he's like, like, you think you, I didn't do everything? Oh, it's such a good scene. So good. Um, and then she goes back to school. And now when you see her, she's it's a change. You know, she's volunteering at the, she seems, she's not as like, uh, like rolling yeah. her eyes kind of girl. She's like kind she's of grown up. mature. You can see it. She's grown Anthony up. Anthony Jr. is fucking adorable. He's, <laughs> he's so such a fucking hot mess. cute. I know. And he passes out. Oh, the scene. Oh. He passes out in that military uniform. And then Tony's, the next scene, he's yes. at the psychiatrist and he's crying. I fucking cried so much because uh, he's thinking about his son who's yeah. got this thing. He's like, he's got this thing. And it happened at school. And remember yeah. we saw that, but the yeah. parents didn't know. Um, Carmela's haircut is uh. the fucking best. She cuts that hair. I've been dying because I was watching it throughout the first oh, that season. Oh, it's like so. Yeah, I was like, like enough of this fucking hair already. Then she gets that beautiful haircut. And he's like, I thought we were going to talk. Yeah, about, like, I thought uh. you were going to talk to me before you cut, did something to your hair. <laughs> Can you imagine this? And she's stolen that money out of the bird feed. Uh, the bird she's feed. so good. Yeah, and he knows, right? Because he's looking at her at yeah. that at last scene of that yeah. episode. She's like, "Can I help you with something?" Yeah, oh, so good, it's so, so good. good. What a fuck! Because he and can't I, say anything, right? Because yeah. he, because he'd have to. Yeah, come on, his own wife is stealing money from him. Like that's yeah. not. Uh, well, plus, like he's telling her, like they, they, you know, he's not dating anybody. Like that. Well, part. no, but like the with the money, like he's hiding that. From oh, her right, too, right, right, right. She's right. like, I want money for this, and he's like, things are tight, whatever it is, and. So if he says it, then she's going to be, oh, you, you have money. Yeah. You know, like what? Meanwhile, he bought a horse. <laughs> fucking pie. Oh my. My God. Oh, that scene, so that good. scene though with Meadow. Um, I like the scene when she's in the kitchen with the two girls and she's like a little loyalty. Like oh, it's yes. like, and that's where you Another see like, yeah. she, she knows what her dad is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, she, but she's, she's going to protect the family. Yeah. She's was good. She's was gonna good protect scene. the family. Where that other girl who grew up in that same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Jackie's sister is like, well, her brother died. Yeah, you know, and she knows it's not true. You know, yeah. Come on. Oh my god, so Woo! fucking good, so good. I fucking love it. I'm, I'm. And that's what I'm gonna go home and do. I'm gonna yeah. put ice on my neck. Oh yeah, and Portina. I'm gonna lay down and watch Sopranos. Oh my god, and sleep. That's, that's gonna what be what I'm gonna day. do. I'm gonna sleep. Watch Sopranos. Doesn't sleep. that sound so good? It does. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm old. I, I I saw this great thing I put up on my Instagram stories. Like I'm at the age where I can send a send a text at ten nineteen and be asleep by ten nineteen thirty four. <laughs> like thirty four <laughs> seconds later, I'm out. Like that's true. Yes, I will pass the fuck out. Yes, at any time, any place. Just I just lay down. If I come home and I'm like I'm gonna go running when I get home tonight. If I come home and I lay on my bed just to look like Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I passed out. I'm like, well, I'm not going running tonight. I'm oh my sleep. god, I love I mean, just napping. Is my yeah. favorite thing. Napping's fun. Napping, yeah. napping's good. That's what I'm gonna. I mean, do. I don't think I went to bed till like two o'clock in the morning. Oh my god. Yeah, I've got. I've had no sleep. Ooh. But that was worth it because karaoke was so fucking oh, fun. It was so great. <gasps> Everybody is 
Justin singing is amazing. Oh my God. Nancy's got a beautiful Nancy voice. Emma singing. has like such a beautiful oh, voice. Incredible. Some woman saying opera, which I mean, right, no. Right. Can you please? No. Can you please? No, nobody wants to hear that at karaoke. No, or death metal. Can we stop with the oh screaming my God. the microphone? Like that little dude. Somebody. What in the fuck? He's there every time we go. Like, Here's how it goes. Thing. We're so annoyed by anybody but one of us. Yes. One of us gets up. We all kind of move to the front and we support, support, support. Yes. And then somebody else goes up and we're like, how much fucking longer? I know. Like, who like is they? this our karaoke? Well, yeah. Like, but every once in a while there's someone we're like, oh, you know, that's a yeah. good song. Or they did. Yeah. My favorite though was there's this guy who I don't know if it was deliberate or not, who was off beat, off measure <sighs> every single time. Like it was just like whatever... You know, he he could not sing it in the time that the, that the lyrics are supposed to come for every song that he did. And I said, is this his shtick? Like, is this like what he does? There, listen, there's or is he legitimately doesn't know how to read the screen and he's there every time? Listen, <laughs> there's an etiquette to karaoke that I that I, you know, there's there's unwritten rules. Yes. One of it is stop with the fucking sad songs. Like, please don't, yes. you know, everybody's excited. They're singing yes. along. It's a song. Everybody party in the U.S. Yes. Like those guys did. Yes. That were so awesome. Like, that's fun. And the next thing you know, it's like, yeah. like oh, fuck. Give me another drink. I, I got to get through Nobody. this fucking next and song. you don't do a long song. Yes. Fuck Keep off. Keep your song four minutes and under. Please. If it's longer than four minutes. No, there's other people. There's a line of a hundred people. Yeah. And if it's longer than four minutes, you better put on a fucking show. I want to see goddamn fireworks oh, coming out of your ass. Oh my goodness gracious. It's unbelievable. It's, it's very upsetting. Yes, it is. It's, I don't even know. I, it is ridiculous. <laughs> Karaoke just brings everybody together. The whole room is just a mishmash. It, that's the other of thing. Like, gays like, walked in and Alfredo goes, the gays are here. I'm like, yay. <laughs> that's good. Yes. You got the rednecks. You got, you got the, the gays. You got, oh, uh, you got it us. It was such a mix of Lesbians. People. There was lesbians there over in the one corner playing pool. There's people like, with their dogs. Room. Like it. Well, just, how many fucking dogs were there? It yeah, was crazy. It was just the weird, it's, only, only at Manor Lanes can yeah. that happen. Which is, it's it's in Wilt Manors, which is this tiny little city inside of Fort Lauderdale. Yes. And, uh, which is where I grew up. I grew up in Wilt Manors. That my, I used to go walk to the bowling alley and eat French fries and drink sodas with my friends. It was the fucking best. So I got fries last night. Like, for, at the end of the night, I had a tray of fries for everybody. And they taste exactly like oh they my did God. when I was in middle school. That's so the best. fucking good. God Aww. damn it, French fries. Mm, that actually sounds good. Doesn't Maybe it? I'll do French fries today. Oh. I feel like it's a good after karaoke. Yes. <gasps> All right. Oh, well, I guess I'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.